Hello and welcome to A Little Lightning War, history gamed, explained, and entertained, where we break down history and media, mostly books, movie, and games, and attempt to tackle the idea that history is boring. I'm your producer, director, and host, Steve Burnage. Uh, I suppose I should start with a quick welcome back, or uh, maybe an apology. Um, it's been quite a while. Uh, the truth is, the school year just really took over since the last episode, and I didn't have a lot of time to, to be working on these, but... Um, well, I carved out a little bit of time for this one, uh, which is a little bit of a different episode, as you'll soon see. Uh, but hopefully we're back on the horse with this stuff, just kind of um, working on new, some new things. Maybe call it a winter season. I don't know. Call it what you will. Um, but, well, you know, work got in the way. Real life gets in the way. That's something we as gamers often say. Um, but I didn't disappear, luckily. Um and I'm going to try and spend this winter doing some reviews, some good stuff that like I've picked up or um, some books I've read, a, a graphic novel I read that I found, you know, just whatever. Um, and of course, we'll bring back some guests again soon. Once we get some games soon, there might be some stuff in the works. Uh, but so, yeah, it took a little, hi- little hiatus, but a little lightning war isn't going anywhere. So reports of our demise are greatly exaggerated. So I suppose I should start with what I'm drinking, reading, and watching, uh, as is uh, the case. Well, tonight is sponsored by Sam Adams, as I'm fond of saying. Uh, Oktoberfest, I've got a little bit left over. Um, nothing more to be said there. You either love it or you don't. Um, what am I reading? I'm I'm in my... I'm rereading Game of Thrones. Um, I, I found... Uh, with all due respect to Spencer and the last episode, the Naval Wargaming episode, I tried getting into Castles of Steel... And uh, it was good, but I, I think I wasn't in the right mindset. I wasn't um, in for the big history hall at the time, and I kind of just felt like I just wanted to be entertained. So uh, it's been a long time since I've read Game of Thrones. I kind of miss it. I certainly miss the TV show when it was good. We don't have to discuss the last season, whatever. Um, but I miss the books, and so I'm giving them a reread and uh, enjoying it once again. Martin's, Martin's writing is just... Uh, it, it, very few fantasy writers approach his level. Um, and in a way, it kind of stinks it, at least for some, and I think I mentioned before, it's it's ruined some books for me just because I'm like, eh, they're not as good. Uh, but there's a couple of things I'm going to be doing some rereads of, and I'll be talking about those soon. But so I'm in the middle of uh, A Clash of Kings, the second one, uh, and just thoroughly enjoying it. Again, if you haven't read them, if you only saw the movies, uh, it's worth it. It's worth the time. Yes, they're big but they're well worth it. What are we watching? Uh, I don't know. Nothing really. My wife and I are trying to finish Ted Lasso. We're almost done with that. Really enjoying that. Um, That's really it. But I'm here to talk about today. Uh, Flames of War, of course. You know, I think everyone knows that that's one of my favorite games. Um, And if you don't know that, well, ta-da, you know that. Although, you know, truth be told, I think we all fanboy over you know what's the current game that we're playing and things like that but today i'm going to be reviewing uh the bulge american book um that recently came out for flames of war forces on the western front 1944 to 45 now here's the thing um this got a lot of coverage when it came out in the beginning of november so it's not like there's anything new or groundbreaking that uh you know you you've probably maybe you've heard it all maybe you've been waiting for my review i appreciate it if you have um, uh, you know, it's kind of what you'd expect. I mean, first and foremost, like the, 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 the flames of war style, it's a nice hardbound book. 
you know, the 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 nice, you know, solid cover. Uh, it's a hundred and twelve, sorry, hundred and thirteen pages. If you include like include the ads in the back and you know the advertisements for all the new tanks coming out and all that stuff, uh, glossy pages, beautiful images. Uh, you know, it's full of history portions. Um, you know, starting with, um, you know, Normandy to the Lorraine. Like, you know, what's going on with the U.S. Army? After the Normandy campaign, because, of course, the Normandy campaign was the last book that uh, Battlefront put out. So it's kind of filling in the gap. And, uh, you know, then they go they go further. Like, basically, this is the if you're playing Americans, this is pretty much it, Um, at least based on the history books, uh, on the history portions. They bring you to April of 45. Uh, so if you're like, oh, I'm, I'm going to wait like now, nah, this is the book. This is the book you want. Um, it's got. New units all the way up to 19, you know, April 1945, including all the different Sherman variants. Um, every American player wants the uh, the Pershing. Uh, it's in there. Uh, we'll talk about that shortly. Um, but, you know, it's just this is the book. Uh, there's going to be a lot of other books coming out for the bulge. There's going to be a German and British one. I'm very interested in those. Uh, and then they're going to be covering Berlin, which I, I assume is just going to be uh, Germans and Soviets. And then they're going to, you know, there's talk that they're going to look at the Pacific. Maybe they're going to redo early war. Uh, I, I don't know. I don't know. But that's, you know, that's well outside of 2022 at this point. Um, but so, yeah, it's just what you expect. There's a lot of good historical pieces. Also, histories of the various units, the 4th Armored Division, the 101st Airborne. Uh, the 28th Infantry Division, uh, the 7th, uh, 7th Armored, um, some smaller units, like some of the tank destroyer units. Um, I'm just paging through it. I probably shouldn't be doing that, but, you know, because you're hearing the pages. But, uh, you know, all sorts of good stuff in there. Of course, you know, it opens with, you know, the Know Your Tanks, Know Your Infantry, just kind of pictures the models. The Bulge American Force, the formations you can have. Uh, you know, the M4, the M4 Sherman companies, both veteran and regular variants, um, M24 Chaffee tank companies, veteran and variants, uh, then four different infantry formations, uh, Battle Weary Armored Rifle Company, Battle Weary Rifle Company, Bastogne Parachute Rifle Company, and Bastogne Glider Rifle Company. And then for those who want something a little bit different, uh, two different tank destroyer uh, formations, the M18 and the M36. And of course, you can have the the M10s in there if you don't feel like buying any new models. But, you know, for my money, the M18s are sweet models and so are the M36s. Uh, you know, this is, you just, you got to get all these new, these new tank destroyers. They're fantastic. Um, but anyway, I feel like Flames of War, you know, just in terms of quality production, uh, Battlefront puts out a awesome product and you know it's up there right there up with the with the big guys like the games workshops and uh the people who really put a lot of money into their books um this one uh, you know the artwork is fantastic the glossy images of their models and their battles and of course i you know as a history guy i love the maps i love the history the very clear you know axis of advanced type maps and you know what's going on at the war in this point uh it's just the complete package and i feel like you know how could you go um away from it which brings me to that history um this book covers a lot um you know you're really looking at 
you know, kind of like maybe as, as, as early as September of 44 up through, um, yeah, April of 45, you get almost a whole year of, of American forces in this book. Um, and to be fair, aside from the Shermans, not a lot changes. If you're existing models, uh, you're good to go, uh, you know, unless you want to buy some new things, which, of course, we all do. Uh, I'll be talking about my shopping list a little bit near the end because um, I do have a very large American army, but there are some there are some gaps I could fill. So I think I'll be using this book to do that. Um, but it's really, you know, it's uh, it's it, it almost feels like a combination of two books, like if you're back from version two or three. Uh, you know, they had the bulge sequence and then they also had the Bridget Ramagan sequence, excuse me. Um, they kind of combined two books in one there. And I think that's fine. I don't have a problem with it. Um, I'm not sure why anyone would, but it just, it kind of covers it. The technology catches up. Um, and let's be honest, the way version four of flames has worked like you can you can play a little loose with the history of you know oh this type of formation was here or you can be very strict about it that's kind of the magic of when you play with friends um or even if you're in the tournament scene like the tournament organizers can say all right we you know we need lists that are accurate from these dates or you know whatever this book really does kind of give you a good feel for that stuff so uh, you know if you haven't bought it and you're an American player, I honestly don't know what what you're waiting for. Um, maybe you're waiting for all these great new models to come out. And so that's really, uh, you know, first and foremost, we got to talk about the Pershing and the Super Pershing. Um, fantastic models. I, frankly, the Pershing for me is, is it. Um, it's the tank that... You know, I mean, arrived late to the war, but started seeing some action uh, with a 90 millimeter main gun. Uh, you know, they give you the option to to put together the super Pershing, but, you know, there was only one of those. Uh, it's kind of funny. And they only, you know, you can only take one, which is good. I'm glad they didn't, you know, suddenly make a whole formation of them. That'd be a little too fantasy. Uh, but, you know, I, for me, you know, the Pershing is as good as it gets. I mean, you now have something that can go toe to toe with the big cats. It's got a similar stat line. Uh, to say a panther, um, obviously a couple of differences, but it's, you know, you can go toe to toe and have a little gun duel with a panther with this tank. So, uh, or obviously a tiger. So, um, that doesn't mean you should give up good tactics. Of course, um, as an American player, you should be using tactics, not hoping to just win a long range gun duel with your Shermans. Um, so that's it. The Pershing uh, is nine and a half points for a tank. Uh, the Super, like I said, the Super Pershing, in my opinion, is kind of a gimmick. But if you want to take it, it's it's 16 points. I can almost guarantee I'll never be playing one just because it's not my style. I'd prefer, I'd prefer, you know, two Pershings for almost the same points, things like that. Um, there's the introduction of the light M24 Chaffee. I think that's it on the Pershing. I don't know. I just jumped to the Chaffee, but... Um, the light tank, the Chaffee, uh, which will be replacing the Stuart and the U.S. light uh, tank formations. Um, you know, it, it's interesting. It's kind of a combination of a Stuart and a, a Sherman, in my opinion, because it's got a 70 millimeter gun on it. Sorry, 75. Um, you know, that's like a run of the mill Sherman. That's pretty good for a light tank. Um, even in late war, I mean, you can flank the hell out of some things with that gun. Um, and of course it's fast and light. It's got, um, 
various rules that you know make it pretty quick um i don't have the stats in front of me but there's the terrain i mean i've got the book here but i'm gonna be paging back and forth i don't have the cards yet they uh uh, they didn't arrive yet, but I have the command cards, but not the unit cards. So that would have been easy, just like in game, uh, if I had those handy. But what are you going to do? Um, but yeah, you you know, you're looking at um, a light tank with a Sherman gun stat. Uh, I, again, I don't know what what's not to love. You can take it as support for your Sherman uh, formations, or you can have a formation of them all by yourself. Um, okay, then there's the tank destroyers, the Jackson, the M18... Love these. I mean, look, I've always loved tank destroyers. There's something really cool and sexy about the seek, strike, and destroy rules, which they kind of bring back here. Um, in the front of the book, you know, the American rules, that they bring back the seek, strike, and destroy idea um, where, you know, uh, these tank destroyer platoons can, can make a, uh, if they make a blitz move, they can make a shoot and scoot uh, special move. Uh, movement order, excuse me, um, which is a very, well, frankly, that's, you know, the basis of the German stormtrooper, what became of the German stormtrooper move. So, you know, you kind of have a cool uh, feeling with these tank destroyers. But like, look, I always like the M10s, but the M10, M18 is like such a cool looking little tank and the models are now in plastic. You can get them. Uh, I don't know yet if the box set has been released. I know it's coming soon. I'm just looking in the back really fast to see if it's out yet. I have to go shopping, obviously, but, you know, Christmas is coming. So that's um, that's the nice thing. It doesn't have a release date, so I'm not certain when they're coming out. But, you know, it's, it's going to be soon. Everybody who plays Flames of War, uh, you know, knows the, the infamous allure of something that's being released soon. Uh, but yeah, the M18s, uh, they come in a box set of four, uh, just a gorgeous little tank destroyer. I'll be, I'll be picking up some of those and I'm, it's going to be hard to ignore the M36 Jackson with a 90 millimeter gun. I mean that you can hunt big cats with that thing. You can hunt them with the Hellcat too, with the M18, but the Jackson, it's got front armor five. Uh, you know, you can be a little bit more risky with those. Uh, basically, the M36 is now in the combined box set with the M10. Um, so I may or may not get them. I think I have, already have six M10s. I might just proxy because I mostly play friendly games anyway. But the M18s, that's, yeah, I'm buying those. That's There's no way I'm not. Um, then there's all the Sherman variants. Uh, you know, you well, first off, you can have late, you can have veteran or regular. Um you know, and that's up to you. Uh, veteran is obviously going to have a higher, they're going to be in, uh, instead of confident, they're going to be, um, they're going to have, well, they're going to have the confident, but they have a better remount stat. Um, they have, uh, am I getting that wrong? I think I'm getting it wrong. I don't know. I think I, I, you know what? I can't get, I'm, I'm, I'm losing it here today. It's been a while since I've done a podcast. So please, uh, excuse me. Um, you know, you've got these, uh, you know, the, the veteran ones are hit are harder to hit. They're hit on fours. Whereas the regular non-veteran, um, are going to be hit on, come on. I can't believe I can't find it. Is it going to be a three? That would make more sense. 
I mean, you're trying to get, you know, look, they're trying to get all these. Yeah, they're get they're hit on a three. Um, they're trying to get all these different um, formations in there, so you can kind of play. I, you know, it's nice. It's it's about choice. You can play any types of of Shermans you want. So the standard late seventy five millimeter Sherman, like the standard M four Sherman we're all used to, uh, is you know four points per model, obvious or you know just kind of what you'd expect. The veteran models for the standard um, is going to run you a little more, of course, as expected. Uh, it's going to be uh, five, you know. So you know for that extra, you know for being harder to hit, uh, that's not bad. They're all confident. Um, the veterans have a better remount with the protected ammo. Um, actually, I guess they all do, uh, because you're also dealing with like these late war Shermans and that's the thing. Uh, they also bring in the jumbo and the easy eight. Um, I mean, there's a lot to say the easy eight, I think is everybody's favorite tank from, from the movie fury. Uh, another film, if you haven't seen it, you probably should watch it. It's a little, uh, it's a little war pornish, but I think, you know, it, it's still a great film, uh, and the, the cast does an incredible job of telling, you know, how terrible it is to be in a tank crew in this war. The Jumbo, I've always felt like you really only need one, um, and it's nice because, you know, because its front armor is an 11, uh, you know, so you put that that Jumbo Sherman out front and just let them, you know, it, it's the lead guy. Uh, and by then you've, you know, hopefully you have enough Shermans and you're flanking your opponent. Cause again, just because you've got some better Shermans doesn't mean you throw tactics out the window. Um, yeah, you've got better guns on some of these. I mean, you know, the easy eight with the 76 millimeter has an anti-tank at 12. Like that's really great. Um, compared to, uh, you know, the old 10 anti-tank of 10 of the old, you know, the 75 millimeter Sherman, uh, the jumbo you can take with a 76 or a 75 as well. Um, so you have those choices there. Um, so if you want the lead jumbo, but you want to take it cheap, well, you know, you only give it a 75 millimeter gun. And again, just let it soak up hits, uh, and hope. Um, Anyway, that's how I've always done it. And you flank with the Pershings. That's really it, because then they're going to just chew things up, because their anti-tank of uh, of 14 is, well, again, like I said, their stat line is very similar to a Panther with a front armor of 9, um, side and rear of 6, and of course they have a top of 2 as well. Uh, and an anti-tank of 14, it's hard to go wrong with them. And they're, they're pretty fast movers, too, with a tactical of 10. Uh, so the Pershing is, you know, you're going to take those. Uh, they also have the fun, uh, the Calliope, uh, which essentially is really just a mobile armored Nebelwerfer, in my opinion, for the U.S. Army. Put the Calliope uh, pack on some Shermans. Uh, it's fun. It's variety. It's a different form of, you know, it's a salvo artillery, which you don't get a lot of as a U.S. player. You get regular uh, artillery template, but you don't get the salvo templates as much. Um, this is kind of a chance to have that type of rocket launcher that, you know, the Russians and Germans have so many different options of. So, you know... I think that's kind of fun. Again, I don't know how often I'll take it, but it's, you know, it, it follows the U.S. artillery rules. It's kind of fun. Um, I guess the name of today is fun. Uh, let's see, for infantry, um, well, uh, you know, my heart will always go to the Bastogne parachute uh, infantry because, uh, you know, who doesn't love the story of the 101st, you know, holding out, and other elements, of course, um, and, the you know, their their comrades in the glider infantry holding out 
uh, you know, against all odds, surrounded and all that. You know, the famous line from uh, Band of Brothers, uh, you know, you're going to be surrounded. Well, we're, su- we're paratroopers. We're supposed to be surrounded. Again, like, how do you, how do you just let that go? You got to play the battle-weary uh, parachute infantry. They're pretty much standard um, in kind of a surprise. And there's a, there's a lot of history around the battles around Bastogne, and there should be. I mean, this is Bulge. Uh, this is the Bulge book. Um, there's not much that not too much difference between the Bastogne parachute rifles and uh, Normandy. I mean, Normandy lets you take a few extra things here and there. Not a lot of difference um, in these. You uh, you know, like you can have a couple extra bazooka teams. Not as many. Like instead of three, you can only take two. Um, you don't automatically get a light machine gun for every uh, platoon. Uh, you can pay for it, of course. I mean, look, they're fearless and veterans and careful. I mean, they're the best possible stat line. Um, and who doesn't love rock-hard infantry? I mean, they're they're one of my favorites to play. Um, so y- you got to take them. Uh, you know, they're just fantastic. Along with them are glider rifles, um, Bastogne glider rifles. They're, you know, the glider rifle companies from Normandy were, you know, very... Uh, they were confident trained, and they, you know, they... In my opinion, they weren't, you know, they were kind of the standard U.S. infantry, but now you can get confident veteran glider rifles. I don't know, kind of a fun, different variant. Um, And then you have the battle-weary armored rifles and rifle companies, and so they're reluctant. That's the big difference there. They're they're rated as reluctant, so um, you're going to pay less points for them, and maybe that means you can stick some stuff in there, but, you know, they might not, they might not stick around, uh, when things go poorly. So, uh, you know, but again, if you're a U.S. player and you want to try something different, this book really has so many different options. Uh, it then goes into the race to the Rhine, like after Bastogne. So, you know, you get into the spring. That's where the battle-weary companies come in. Um, you know, also some uh, histories of some tank destroyer battalions, like really cool stuff. Uh, and just that one picture of the M18 in the snow. I think it used to be on the box. Just a lot of good history of the late war in this stuff. Um, and then there's the Jacksons. I, it just Again, there's something about tank destroyer companies that are just so much fun. And yeah, they're fragile, but I don't care. Um, it also brings back the old uh, M20 security sections, right? They Remember how in version two, they'd all come in the box. You would get the, the M20s. And the tank destroyers. Well, now you can. Well, now you got a box set of those too, um, but you can get the M20s as recon, uh, recon and security sections. It's just really great stuff. Again, like I'm kind of gushing over this book. There are a couple of critiques that I'm going to get to, but they're pretty light compared to my, let's be honest, blatant fanboyishness. Um, how are we doing so far? Uh, you know what? I think at this point, um, it's kind of funny. I've, I've all of my episodes up till now have been with a guest. Uh, I think right now it's time to take a little bit of a break. Okay, we're back to uh, a little lightning war. Uh, thank you very much for joining me today. Um, like I said earlier, uh, it's Steve. I'm by myself today. I'm just reviewing uh, Flames of War's new Bulge American book, 
Um, I intend on doing this again when they do the Bulge German book. I don't play British, so I might um, I, I might buy it for Bruce because he's the big British player. Um, for those who remember my episodes with him, I might buy it for him and just make him come on and have him like page through and just talk. Um, a, it would be a great gift. B, it would probably make a great uh, a great episode, but we'll see. I don't know. Hopefully he doesn't hear this. Well, hopefully he does listen, but hopefully he does. I don't know. Hopefully he tunes that out or something. But I think that would be fun. Uh, I personally am going to get the Bulge German book also because I also play Germans. But that's, you know, that's my own. I kind of draw the line there. Uh, but so um, I've talked a bit about the units and, you know, the ability to take veterans uh, and really the big difference for, you know, in a lot of cases, only one extra point per model, depending um, you, with these, uh, you know, with the, with the tanks and stuff, you're looking at careful ratings as opposed to being hit on threes, you're getting hit on fours. Um, the Americans across the board pretty much are confident, um, except for those paratroopers, they get fearless, um, and the battle-weary, uh, formations are reluctant trained. So again, if you want maybe a little bit more models on the table, your battle-weary, uh, formations are probably for you, um, Personally, I'm always going to go for the the fearless veterans if I have the choice. Um, there's just something about the paratroopers that I'm like, yeah, that's it. Um, I'm I'm in. You know, like you got me. Um, so let's see. I talked about the units, and that's a big bulk of this. I mean, this book, like I said, is just fantastic. There's so much here. Uh, the support options. I suppose I should say one of the new support options is the xylophone. Uh, the, you know, the truck with these rocket launchers on the, on the back, you know, essentially the American version of the Katyusha. Uh, it's, uh, you know, it's nice. It's another salvo option. Um, if you want it, sure. I mean, why not? Uh, again, I don't know that I'm ever going to take it. I, I'm probably going to stick to standard U.S. artillery. Um, maybe the Calliopes. Um, I'm much more attracted to the big guns, you know, like the 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 155 millimeter options but you know the calliope i mean the xylophone whoops you know you can get two of them for three points like look if you need a cheap option maybe that's maybe that's your go-to if you're you know if you're like well i'm barely fitting fitting it in um you know why not um you can have a grasshopper op observation post of course which is fantastic um and of course, you know what you need to, to bring that in. You can have a Sherman observation post. There's the combined uh, anti-aircraft artillery, the M15s and M16s. P47s, of course, are here. Uh, you can even give them if you grab the cards, which I do recommend. I don't use them too often. I'll talk about the cards a little bit at the end. Uh, you can give them, I believe, is it a 2,000-pound bomb? Uh, you know, just to have a little oomph to the normal aircraft rules. Uh, that's something I know lately there's been a debate on the, on the, not the forums, but the Facebook page, uh, the flames, Facebook page, you know, do, do you take, do you take air support? And like, I think that the general consensus is, you know, it doesn't, it's probably not worth the points until it is like when they show up and just devastate something, it's like, wow, that's awesome. But then, you know, you're rolling and they might not come in and you're like, Oh, you know, this could have been, you know, for nine points, two P-47s, that's, you know, that's two right, standard Shermans. Um, the second half of the book, or, you know, the second third, the last third is, you know, the bulge American example force, uh, you know, which highlights the, uh, the, the bulge American starter force, which looks to me like a good value. 
it's probably a hundred bucks. I honestly haven't looked it up. Uh, you know, but you can get a hundred points out of it. Uh, you know, easy. If you want a veteran M4 Sherman company, you start with that. And you know, it might not be the perfect mix, but if you're just getting into the game, I mean, why wouldn't you? There's the painting guides, of course, always appreciated. Uh, American stuff doesn't really change. Um, so there's not really, you know, if you already have painting guides, you're probably good. I do like the updated infantry uh, painting guide because there's the specific, and this has always been my thing, you know, there's the standard U.S. infantry, but the paratroopers have different uniforms uh, and they were a different color. Now, granted, all this stuff gets mixed and matched and worn out by the sun. And so, it, you know, you really can get away with painting your guys whatever color you want. But I always liked the darker green uniforms of the later airborne companies like bulge and after um compared to the normandy airborne uniforms they're very light colored um and for whatever reason that didn't appeal i really like the dark green the usa dark green color of vallejo 893 um is specifically their paratrooper uniform color and just to me it doesn't get any better than that uh basing guide you know normal stuff i really like their terrain guides in this book there's something about their uh, it's on pages 92, and it's only one page. Uh, you know, and all these books have a terrain guide, of course, to give you examples. Um, but there's just something really nice looking about this. It's got this, like, winter, spring feel. It's for, you know, they say it's the Lorraine area of France, you know, of, of eastern France, near the Meuse, the Moselle, and the Saar rivers, uh, you know, close to the borders of Luxembourg and Germany, which makes sense. Uh, but there's just something about this table layout that I, I just really like. And of course, you know, open spaces, plowed fields, what to do about open woods. Uh, you know, they give their, the standard Flames of War terrain guides are in there for the basics. Of course, you need the rule book, but it gives you a basic idea of how to do these things. But this table, I mean, I would love to play on this table, except for the river writing, running right down the middle. Like that would probably be the bane of my existence. Um, but then they get into the bulge battles. They've got, uh, they introduce, uh, three new scenarios, uh, and they also have a linked campaign, um, which is fantastic. And, you know, just guides how to play that. If you're, you know, perhaps you have a club that wants to, uh, you know, play out a, a gaming campaign or something like that. Uh, but the new scenarios are kind of cool. There's roadblock, which is, uh, you know, if you're the defender, you're in the middle of the board and the attacker has to get from one short side to the other short side. So, you know. They've got to go, you know, a full six feet, uh, roughly. Um, I like that, the roadblock, you know, and you, you get to defend. Um, defender gets ambush and deep immediate reserves, which is kind of cool because the reserves arrive over at the opposite end. Uh, you know, it kind of has a rush feeling to it. Um, I'm a fan. Um, I really like what I don't like. Well, they have the elastic defense scenario which is kind of uh, you know if you think defense in depth like there's a you know there's a middle portion and again you're, you're looking at the table lengthwise the attacker is off to your right right in the middle of the board is you know a line of defenders and then past them maybe a foot beyond is another line of defense uh you know what you might call you might want to call this defense in depth um it's there to replicate the idea that um during the bulge uh, specifically around Bastogne, and I, I'm sure this tactic was used widely, but they they credit it to the to the hundred and first of of they would let the tanks pass through um, uh, their lines. They would kind of hide in their holes and let the tanks pass through. So a they could you know shoot up the infantry behind the tanks 
and be more effective there. And the, you know, the, the anti-tank defenses, like the anti-tank weapons or whatever tank destroyers might be uh, hidden behind their lines, uh, would open up on the tanks who are then not supported by infantry. Uh, look, it's not rocket science. This has been done in World War II by probably every army. Uh, this is the first time I know that they have a scenario specifically for it. I like the idea. I wonder if in reality it doesn't really work that way because if I'm defending, I don't know, do I do I put my anti-tank all the way at the other end of the table where they may not even get used? I, you know, I don't know. Um, I'm not sure. I haven't played this one, obviously. I think I'd like to try it. It looks kind of cool. Um, and then, of course, we'd be foolish if there was a book on Bastogne without the famous nuts scenario. Um where, of course, you're the defender, you're surrounded, um, as you should be. And this is this would be perfect for paratroopers. Um, and the attacker comes from both sides. Um, the, the, the defender gets ambush and immediate scattered reserves. Uh, the, the attacker places all his units or her units on. Uh, and you kind of just go. Um, it, it looks like a fun scenario because the, the attacker has to split up there, you know, kind of like, you know, the 60%, 40% thing about reserves, except in this case, the attacker places 60% to the left and 40% to the right or vice versa. Uh, the defender has reserves as well, but they come on, uh, on one of the opposite table edges. So you can put them almost in immediate contact with the attacker. Uh, it, it seems like a cool dynamic scenario and I'm eager to try it. So I always, one thing that drew me, and I think I mentioned it in like the early, the early episodes, one thing that really drew me to Flames of War uh, was their scenarios. Um, I think I was burnt out on Games Workshop, um, not Lord of the Rings, but at the time we were just playing Warhammer and, uh, you know, Warhammer Fantasy and 40K and, you know, it was just line them up and kill them all. And you could do that with Flames, but the magic of Flames was these, like, in my opinion, well-thought-out tactical scenarios that you can play that really changes. You know, like, I might show up with the better army on paper, but if the scenario doesn't favor it, uh, you know, it, it's kind of cool. And I, I know me and Bruce talked about it. It's it's one of my favorite things about the Flames of War system is their scenarios. Um, oh, and it's World War II. Uh, but this this particular nut scenario reminds me, I, I can't remember it. I think it was called like the Kessel in the old version 2 rule book, which I no longer have. I foolishly eBayed it a long time ago. I mean, you know. People do that because they need space and stuff. Maybe one of you still has it lying around. Um, I think there was a scenario called the Kessel or something like that. Just, you know, you the defenders surrounded and stuff is coming from every side. It's just so cool and exciting. And even if you lose, it's just like, what a great game. I don't know. I've said that many times. Um, there's a couple other special rules they throw in. Fighting in the fog. Uh, I think we know uh, the winter battles, a lot of fog would come off the snow. Um, you know, it's essentially kind of the fighting at night rules, similar, very similar to that. Also, what to do about winter weather. If you and your opponent agree and you want a snow-covered table or ice or even, you know, make a blizzard roll in, how that affects the game. So that's kind of cool if you want, again, to try something new. I think it's interesting they have frozen rivers and ponds as a terrain feature. And here are the rules. Um, light vehicles pretty much go over. You just roll over it like cross-country terrain. Um, per the ice rules, which means you really can't go more than eight inches without making a cross test, um, you know, it, without slipping. But if you have a heavy armored vehicle, this is, this is, 
I like this. I don't think I'll ever use it because, you know, you'd be foolish, but maybe if you're desperate. Um, if you're crossing frozen rivers and ponds with a armored vehicle, um, you have to roll a die and add a three to the result. If the total is less than the vehicle's front armor, the ice gives way and the vehicle's under the vehicle's weight and the vehicle is destroyed. Otherwise, you cross safely. So, like, if I'm going through, a, you know, a jumbo is going to go through the, the ice. Um, a panther has a chance of not. A tiger has a chance of not. Um, light tanks probably are okay. Like, you know, the M18 Hellcat probably makes it. Um, cause the front armor of that guy's only a two. Wait, is it a two? I think it's a two. Um, the, but you know, as soon as you start getting into heavier, heavier tanks and stuff, uh, yeah, you're kind of, you know, you could be in trouble, even armored cars, you know, depending on what you roll. Um, it's kind of funny in that case. Um, like, yeah, well, the M18 front armor too, you're automatically going to cross it. So, you know, you're going to be okay. But like, I don't know. It just adds something that I doubt, unless you really wanted to be like, hey, let's see what happens. Uh, you know, I don't know that you're getting to that. So, uh, you know, kind of fun. Um, love the terrain pieces. And of course, then you get to the back of the book and they have, you know, their sales catalog. Uh, you know, the, the the box of Easy 8s, the box of Jumbos, uh, the late war Shermans, uh, the Pershings, uh, the Chaffees, the Scott, the Stuarts, the M18s, the M36, and then you've got three-inch AT guns, you've got the recon and security patrol, the, the Calliope editions, the Xylophone. So a lot of cool box sets coming out. Obviously, your armor, you know, your rifle company stuff and your armored rifle sets and your paratroopers, all good stuff. I mean, you could paint them different if you want a snowy environment. Um, but there's not a lot that's new. Personally, the M18s are going to be the thing I pick up. Uh, it, it, frankly, because I have most of everything else. Um, I have the Pershings. I don't own the Chaffees. Um, they're super cool, but I think anytime I play a light tank company, I'll just go with the Stuarts. I've always liked the Stuarts. They they got a little oomph to them. Um, I don't know. Maybe maybe one day I'll I'll change my mind on that. But you know, maybe I'll proxy it sometime. Uh, but yeah, the the M18s for me are a must buy. The Pershings are a must buy. If you're playing Americans, you got to at least have the models. Um, the Easy Eights for me were an obvious. Uh, you know, you want to have different types of Shermans. You want to be able to mix and match. It's maddening sometimes. By the way, you know, is that a 75? Is that a 76? I mean, it's a it's an extra element of record keeping for you as the American player. But look, you you chose Americans. Do it. Do it right. Um, get all these different options because that's what this book is about. Um, in final, it, it, like if I had to sum it up, final thoughts, like the Bulge American book is all about variety, expands on what you can take for from Normandy and really just doubles down on you want this, you want that, like you really have a lot of mix and match abilities. Um, so yeah, it's all, you know, varieties, great up armored tanks, up gun Shermans, of course, the Pershings to go toe-to-toe. But again, like I said, be careful. Like, you are still an American player. Uh, you need good tactics or, you know, or, or a smart opponent is going to hose you because, you know, you're not equipped to win in a long-range gun battle. Uh, you've got a better shot at it now with some of these larger anti-tank guns. But the Sherman is still, no matter how you slice it, the Sherman is still an up-close-and-personal 
weapon. Uh, you want it in close. Um, I think you're still going to need you need to use smoke to cover your movements. Movements. You're still going to want strong artir- artillery. You're going to want weight of numbers and firepower. Um, that's what you want. Um, I personally can't wait. Uh, critiques. I don't. I don't know that I have any. Um, I really don't. Uh, you know, I haven't really gone through the command cards yet. A lot of them are the same. Like, oh, soft skin transport. The lucky card, of course. Um, you know, the usual stuff. They have some good, like, because some of the some of the higher gunned, uh, like the the EZ8 comes standard with no HE. But then here there's an HE, you know, a high explosive card. I can add HE. Um, no, that's for 57 millimeter. I can't for the... Uh, for the easy eights, but I can upgrade their anti-tank from a 12 to 13 for plus one point per two teams because of the 76 millimeter HVAP, the hyper velocity anti-personal rounds. There's outpost guns. That's good for um, your Bastogne scenarios that you can up armor Sherman's for a little bit more oomph, have them front armor eight side and rear five. And you know, top one, there's sandbag armor, which is similar to, um, Side skirts. Um, you know, there's a lot of fun things in these cards. Um, you know, different ways to do things. Uh, you know, the same stuff you might want to have. Different. Uh, you can get total air superiority. I'm looking for that card for the... You got sticky bombs for your infantry if you need them for two points. Glider, anti-tank, platoon, 37 mil. Tank telephones, that comes back. Oh, a card for 4.2-inch chemical mortars. That's a blast from version 2. I remember the chemical mortars. Those were huge mortar models. I liked those. Um, I think, well, I still have them. Um, There's, uh, you know, then there's some scenario-specific, like the 291st Engineer Combat Battalion, uh, the damned engineers that famously held back uh, Conf Conf Group Piper, uh, you know, slowed them down for so long, um, you know, during the bulge. A lot of fun stuff. There it is, 2,000-pound bomb load. Um, you can give, you can replace your Thunderbolts bombs with, and rockets with the 1,000-pound bombs uh, using the following characteristics. It's anti-tank 4, firepower 2, and it's bombs. So no penalty for having only one or two. It's only for one more point. So, uh, you know, maybe that's worth it. If you're giving up and then, you know, like there's third armor division spearhead. They have a lot of different divisional cards. If you want to try different things, I really haven't gone deep into these. Um, and even some like international, like there's some French ones, um, you know, so you kind of get an international feel. The first division, uh, foreign legion, you have a George Patton card. I really haven't gotten into the heroes and the different divisions and stuff, uh, of the command cards. The first general impression is, yeah, like, once again, you've got options here. You've got a lot of options. It's going to take you a while to go through all of them. So final thoughts. I mean, frankly, I can't wait to get to use Bulge American Forces on the table. I like what, you know, against whoever, you know, it's just going to be fun, a different way to play the U.S., even though, you know, with variety. I also can't wait for the Bulge German uh, book to come out, which I know is months, if not years away. I don't know what the plan schedule is. I have no idea. But Eric and I have already talked about, like, we'll do a bulge scenario. Like, he'll use only forces that were at the bulge, and I'll only use German forces that are at the bulge, and we'll do something like that. I can't wait for that type of thing. Um, and obviously, then you could do Remagen as well. But, you know, that's really it. Uh, all good stuff. Um, I hope you liked my review. I liked doing it. There'll be more reviews to come. Um, 
A Little Lightning War is first and foremost a gaming and history podcast. Uh, And this winter, I'm going to be doing a lot of reviews here and there. I'm also going to be bringing back my usual clan of guests to talk about wargaming stuff and movie stuff. And there's there's a couple things I want to talk about. So um, I'm hoping that you enjoyed this. And and welcome back if you're a longtime listener. Um, Also, hello to my international listeners. I'm sorry I left you um, in these crazy times. Um, For those who want to get in touch... You can find me at a little lightning war at gmail.com. You could also look up a little lightning war on Twitter. Uh, the handle is a little light knee and it's N I one. So a little light N I one because they, you know, there wasn't enough room. Um, but that's really it. So, you know, if you have any comments, questions, whatever, you just want to say hi, that's always welcome. Love it. Please do. Um, I hope everyone's doing well out there. Again, this is Steve Burnich, your producer, director, and host. Thanks for listening to A Little Lightning War. I know you've got a lot of gaming options out there on the podcast. I want to say thanks to uh, Flames of War for making you know an excellent, uh, excellent supplement here. Uh, again, I think you guys know like there's certain games that I just gush over, and Flames of War is one of them. Um, so again, thanks very much, uh, and good night.